is up. It's the rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Tuesday, September 7th. We are officially done. Over. Fantasy football draft season. Done. Not talking about it anymore. <laughs> officially burnout. And I'm okay with that. Done. On to week one. Let's do it. So, of course, we'll get into a regular schedule here on the podcast. Monday, we'll talk about what we saw, usually after this week, obviously. Tuesdays, we'll talk about waivers, which we will do today. A little bit of pre-week one waivers here in case you have the opportunity to possibly freshen up your lineup. And I do actually want to talk about something that I'm noticing at quarterback for a lot of people. Then on Wednesdays, we'll give you the initial rankings. Thursdays, we will talk about some wide receiver cornerback stuff for the week. And then Fridays, a quick look at each of the games. I don't want to deep dive on this podcast. Uh, This podcast, in in a lot of ways, is meant to be digested very quickly. So that's the idea. I know some people are like, hey, you should do like two hours. Like, no. (laughs) Already do two hours on SiriusXM. And this one is for people. And that's the purpose. You want to listen quickly? I got you, all right? So without beating around the bush too much, I I do want to dive into some potential waiver moves that you could make. Now, before I get into that, just because I mentioned a player does not mean you have to pick up that player. You don't have to tinker with your lineup. In most instances, people saying, hey, who would you drop? My answer is nobody, (laughs) especially if you're in a five-man bench league, like you only have five spots or six spots on your bench, you're probably okay. You probably would be forcing a drop. Now, there are going to be two exceptions. One will be a quarterback. The other will be running back that I'll get to in a minute. But just be patient. In fact, be patient in week one. Be patient in week two. Be patient in week three. A lot of what we're going to see over this first month or so of the season isn't really going to be a great indicator of what we're going to see over the entire year. So just be patient. You drafted these guys for a reason. Trust the process, right? Do it for Hanky. Trust the process. So let's talk about quarterback. Two common situations that I'm seeing. And the second one kind of has two parts to it. And by the way, if you have five bench spots, let's say, you don't need a backup quarterback. Well, you don't ever need a backup quarterback, but I'll explain that in a minute. You don't need a quarterback on your bench. Let's put it that way. So you can get rid of that quarterback. You only have five bench spots. It should be running backs and wide receivers. You don't need a quarterback on your bench. Even with six, I'm reluctant. I kind of get it, but I'm reluctant. Seven or eight, all right, you can have a quarterback on your bench. However, if you drafted one of the top 12 quarterbacks, if you drafted Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or you know who the top 12 are, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, any of these guys, the top 12 guys, you don't need a second quarterback. I know you drafted them as a backup, air quotes. Are you ever playing them? Like, if you have Aaron Rodgers, are you ever playing, I don't know, who the heck do you have on your bench, Tua? Are you ever playing Tua? No. And if you are, you're overthinking things. But, Jeff, it's a tough matchup. I don't care. He's Aaron freaking Rodgers. (laughs) Never coming out of your starting lineup. So you're wasting that bench spot. So if you did draft one of the top 12, ditch the guy on your bench. You don't need him. Pick up a high upside wide receiver who I'm going to mention in a little bit. The other circumstance would be, okay, my strategy was if I got one of those top 12 at a value, and usually I didn't, if I got one of them, I would take them and that's it. Only take one quarterback. The only reason why you should take two quarterbacks, in my opinion, in a one quarterback league 
is if you are in a situation where you're drafting in the late rounds and you want to swing for the fences, I call it safe and upside. That's my approach that I use quite frequently, not all the time, but quite frequently. The idea is simple. You draft one safe, one upside. Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance. Hey, you're not going to be able to use Trey Lance this week, but guess what? You can use Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins isn't your starter, neither is Trey Lance. Kirk Cousins is really your bridge to Trey Lance or somebody else. So we use him in the start of the season. Matt Ryan, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, whatever. He's really low end. Then you have the upside guy. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Tua Vailoa, guys like that. Jameis would be like the low end upside guy. The point is you try and hit a home run with those guys and you have the bridge quarterback to get you by, at least in the beginning of the season. But what I'm running into is I'm seeing people either went safe, safe. Like if you have Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan, you can drop one of those guys because they're the same guy and neither one of them is going to win you your fantasy championship. And then other people went upside, upside. Like if you have Fields and Tua, or even like a lot of people are saying Burrow and Lawrence, like mm, that's really volatile. Like that's about, that's as high end of the upsides as we get, but ooh, that is really volatile. I would rather Burrow and Cousins. I would rather Lawrence and Ryan, Lawrence and Cousins, whatever. So if you're in a situation like that, especially if you have upside and upside, man, you need to get yourself at least some kind of a bridge option. And if you have safe and safe, you need to get yourself some upside. So the easy bridge, especially on ESPN, is Kirk Cousins. He's only he's only rostered 24% of leagues there, 68% of leagues on Yahoo. Uh, you could look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. I guess he, I mean, he's got a little bit upside, but he might be safer than some of these back-end guys. Yahoo, 48% owned, 23% on ESPN. And if you wanted to grab some upside, Fields and Lance are out there in some leagues. I would not grab them. If I had Joe Burrow, I'm not grabbing those guys because I already have an upside option on my, on my roster. I don't want to increase volatility. So the one guy who I am seeing, though, pretty commonly is Tua. Yahoo, 30% rostered. ESPN, 51% rostered. So again, the idea, pretty simple. Getting that upside, getting that pop in your roster, and then also having that bridge there. If you drafted one of the first 12, don't, you know, hey, Jeff, should I pick up Trey Lance? I have Aaron Rodgers. You're never going to use Trey Lance. You got Aaron Rodgers. You, you stepped up and drafted him in the sixth round for a reason. You really liked him, so use him. You don't need anything else, right? Use those bench spots like chess pieces, man. Use them like chess pieces because if you're playing checkers, anybody in your league who is playing chess is going to beat you out every single time. So that's quarterback, but I did notice something at running back as well uh, that we should address here. Uh, So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. I got running back recommendations, wide receiver recommendations, and a couple tight ends. Yeah. But when we come back, we'll talk about some running backs. So running backs, uh, I've noticed that a lot of people want to force the issue with a cuff and not understand kind of why they are rostering somebody. So for example, I'll give you the the perfect example, Carlos Hyde. Okay. Yes. In theory, is he the cuff to James Robinson? Yes. They, they signed Duke Johnson, not to the active roster, by the way, is to the practice squad. So yes, in theory, yes. In practice, let's look at this a little closer. Carlos Hyde had a career year in 2019, his first and only 1,000-yard rushing season with the Houston Texans. Career year. 
You know what he finished? He finished RB28 in PPR. What is our best case with Carlos Hyde? Even if James Robinson went down, what is our best case? As compared to somebody like Tony Pollard, who's available in 43% of Yahoo leagues, 60% of ESPN leagues, we saw him as the number one fantasy running back in week 15 last year. I don't care if you don't have Zeke. I don't care. I don't care if you have James Robinson. Pick him up. Don't have to directly cuff every single back. Sometimes we're doing that and not realizing that guy has no upside. Phil Lindsay has no freaking upside in the worst offense in the league. We don't need him. Tevin Coleman? Are we serious? Let's know who we're putting on our bench. And if we're going to put a running back there, the running back better come with some upside. Tell you what, Michael Carter's available in far too many leagues. I understand that he's not worth what he was maybe a month ago, and that's fine. Because my opinion hasn't changed on him. I wasn't over the moon on him a month ago, and I'm not negative on him right now. I'm exactly where I was all along, and I think he's a guy who should be on our bench. 33% of leagues, uh, he's out there in Yahoo, 29% on ESPN, so he might not be out there in ESPN as much. Alexander Madison, another high-value cuff, available in 60% of Yahoo, 67% of ESPN leagues, and another guy, depending on your league size, I mean, again, if you have five-man benches, Probably none of these guys are on your bench. Just saying. Six-man benches, maybe. Maybe like Michael Carter, Pollard, but not Madison. It's a little bit deeper. Now, you have to be seven- or eight-man bench, and he's got to be out there, but Ramondre Stevenson, he shouldn't be out there. Ramondre Stevenson, 75% available on Yahoo, 82% ESPN. I'm going for high upside guys on my bench. Not not the like low low-ceiling... Tevin Coleman's of the world. Now, at wide receiver, a lot of times I'm getting people asking asking me like, hey, would you drop so-and-so for Wayne Gallman? And I guess like Wayne Gallman could be on there, but he's not that high upside. But would you drop so-and-so for Wayne Gallman? It would be like Tevin Coleman or whatever. And it's it's pretty lateral, honestly. My, my response, though, is who's out there at wide receiver? Because I know there's a lot of leagues where wide receivers are out there who shouldn't be. Listen to this list of wide receivers who are available. McCole Hardman is available in 36% of Yahoo leagues, 38% of ESPN leagues. Jacoby Myers is available in 45% of Yahoo, 43% of ESPN. Myers is the number one wide receiver for his team. He should be way, it should be like, you know, any anything over 70%, and I don't really talk about it, but um, it should be like 85% at least. Curtis Samuel, people largely faded him on Yahoo. Now, ESPN, he's only 21% available, but 46% on Yahoo. That's crazy. Not the number one, but he's healthy and he's going to be used. Darnell Mooney, 47% available Yahoo, 44% available ESPN. Number two receiver for them. Lots of upside once we get uh, fields in. Henry Ruggs. 43% 43% rostered in Yahoo, so he's available at 57% of leagues. Now, he's 79% rostered on ESPN, so obviously ESPN rankings were higher on him, and that's why. But Yahoo leagues, man, rugs, rugs should not be out there. Elijah Moore, 41% rostered in Yahoo, 39% ESPN. These are guys, you know, crappy backup running back or Elijah Moore upside. Just give me the upside, man. 
Tyrell Williams, the number one receiver for his team. Now, granted, it's Detroit, but 32% rostered on Yahoo, 34% on ESPN. He's widely available. Rondale Moore, 22% rostered on Yahoo, 19% rostered on ESPN. Give me that upside. Terrace Marshall, 19 on Yahoo, 20 on ESPN. He's available in four-fifths of leagues. Brian Edwards, 13% rostered on Yahoo, 14% rostered on ESPN. And there's other situations too. Like if I have Emmanuel Sanders, I don't want that dude. I'll take some of these young upside guys. Just think back through your history of fantasy football. How often has an old dude, not a quarterback, and maybe not a tight end, old running back or wide receiver dude, won you your fantasy championship? How often? Probably not often, right? So I don't care about Le'Veon Bell, by the way. Yeah, it's another another injury. How about that? Two major injuries for the Ravens' backfield so far. Justice Hill, Achilles, out for the year. That stinks. But even if they sign him, who cares? You know, it's not going to do us any good. The key is rostering these high upside guys. And again, you may not hit on all of them, but think about the bang for your buck. If you hit on a low upside old guy, what are you getting in return? Like Carlos Hyde, you're getting RB3 production in return. If you hit on Alexander Madison, (laughs) you know, or Ramondre Stevenson or Michael Carter, it's top 20 or better. And most likely better. That's the thought process here. That's the, you know, being aggressive mindset that I've been talking about. Now, a tight end, if you don't trust your tight end, you're not alone. There really isn't much out there. But here's what I did find. Gerald Everett, 68% owned on Yahoo. He's much more widely available on ESPN than Yahoo. Everett is one of those guys He's very risky. He could pan out. He could be, we could be looking back and like, mid-November and be like, oh yeah, remember we liked Gerald Everett? Or we could look back and like, man, we were too low on him. I I think one of the two extremes. I don't think he's going to be a kind of middling tight end for fantasy. So I'll take a stab on him. If I have Travis Kelsey, I don't need another tight end. If I have Darren Waller, I don't need another tight end. Heck, even if I have TJ Hawkinson, I don't need another tight end. But if I have Dallas Goddard, (laughs) you know, or somebody like that, yeah, I need another one. Hunter Henry, 58% owned on Yahoo, 42% on ESPN. He's going to play this week, and we don't know how the targets are going to be distributed. He's still a good pass catcher. He'll be an in-line guy, but I'll still take a stab on him. Evan Ingram uh, looks like he's trending towards not playing this week, but he's really almost become free. He's 45% owned in Yahoo, 48% in ESPN. If you needed a second t- tight end, that's where I would grab him. I'm, you know, fully fully knowing he's not going to play this week. And then finally, I've Blake Jarwin. He's out there on almost every league. Seventeen percent owned in Yahoo, ten percent ESPN. The only reason I would grab him, you know, these other guys would have to be gone, is if I didn't have a piece of Dallas and I wanted a piece of Dallas. Like if I don't have Mari Cooper, I don't have a CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, any piece of Dallas, and I want to get at least in on there. That's the top pass-catching tight end, at least to start the season. So, throw in a dart. All right, that's going to do it for us today. FTNFantasy.com. Projections, rankings, wide receiver, cornerback matchups. It's all there already for week one. Promo code RATPACK. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag RATPACK. That way I know you're a listener to the show. And tomorrow, rankings. It's on, baby. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.